Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. It's Thursday. That means it's time to enter the Thursday Thunderdome. On today's show, our special guests will compete alongside my co-host, my BFF, my companion, professional sports better Simon Hunter in an epic test of wagers and wits that's quickly made this show the most anticipated 30-ish minutes of the entire sports gambling weekly media landscape. Simon. Man, Simon. You're a Sixers fan. Sixers played the Hawks last night. We're recording this on Thursday. And they gave up a pretty massive lead, lost the game. Now we're losing the series and what looked like what could have been a pretty less than challenging romp to the finals. They might not even get out of this round. Chad, I was there. Oh yeah. I don't put my business on Twitter because I hate being that fan. That's like just complaining about their life and about their fandom. But I mainly didn't go on Twitter because I went on for one second to say something. And all it was was never ending memes about the Sixers and how we're a joke. I don't know, man. I was going to ask you, is the, is the, like, what is your worst in-person memory for sports? Like I, I that's the, the lowest I have felt since we were talking to Tiki Barber about his brother pick sixing the Eagles. I was at the Buccaneers game. It was 20 degrees freezing his brother pick six. That was the end of the Eagles run pretty much with Andy Reed. And I, I think honestly, till that point, the quiet thing was brutal, but that quiet shot was so amazing that I honestly wasn't even that upset about it. And I wasn't there in person. Like for this, I was in person. I said it to my buddy. It was I think they're on a 15 to two run Atlanta. And I said to my buddy, we have to take Atlanta live right now. Like, cause we had way too much money. Um, basically the night before me and him had money lined the nets at halftime with the Sixers. So I had the nets plus like 250 or plus 260 money lined with the Sixers money line. So I told him, let's hedge. Like, Atlanta might come back and win this game. So we hedged at plus 250, plus 240. The woman sitting in front of us hedged with, like, bet with us. She'd be like, oh, I'll bet with you guys. Like, it's not, like I don't think we're going to win either. And no, that you could just feel as soon as the fourth quarter started, no one was breathing. There was literally no air in the entire arena. Everyone could, like, feel the tension. No one was talking. No, Like, there was that one asshole guy near me that the whole game was just like, Ben Simmons, you suck. Dude, we know Ben Simmons sucks. Every Sixers fan there. Again, I don't want to freak out on this podcast, Chad. I'm trying to hold it in. I was like literally dying inside. Just the slowest death I've ever experienced. You won't be surprised to learn that that level of pain as an experience for me has happened twice in person, both times involving my beloved Chicago Bears. 19... 86 or 87, I forget which year they played the Niners in the NFC title game and they were probably heavy favorites. It was at home. It was 40 below. No joke. Uh, I was at the game. They lost 27 or nothing to the Niners. That was excruciating. And then the Bears in the Super Bowl against the Colts, the Prince halftime show, Devin Hester runs a touchdown, returns a opening kickoff for a touchdown. They went on to squander the lead. They lost to Peyton Manning in the rain. Horrible game plan. Remember every second of it. Also missed the Prince halftime show because I was cold and my buddy and I went into the concessions to get out of the rain for 15 minutes. So gut-wrenching on every level. Today, Simon. Chad. 
we have arranged a special rematch for you. We are taking it back to March 18th, our very first Thunderdome episode. That means you're no stranger to this first challenger, and he is no stranger to the world of sports betting. One of the most unabashedly enthusiastic bettors on the West Coast and one of our esteemed colleagues at the Volume Podcast Network, a return Thunderdome challenger and the host of the Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco podcast, Alex Monaco. What an intro, Chad. I'm ready to run through a bear's wall right now, baby. Thank you for the for the hype up. I'm ready to dance. I I, I was telling them I, I had the Sixers yesterday, so I'm, I'm struggling as well. Not on a personal level, but in my pocket. And it's one of those losses. You, you get you get a haircut, you trim the Cosmo, you start all over. So thank you for jamming with me the last two hours of the fro. I'm like, I'm either going out with the hair on a win or a loss. I'm in the six-foot club for two more hours. Let's enjoy it. Simon, your second challenger, was last seen here wiping the floor with both you and Monaco <laughs> on his way to a decisive Thunderdome victory One of the most beloved handicappers here at the Action Network, the heartbeat of our college football coverage, the pride of Razorback Nation. I can't believe he's gotten out of bed after the Razorbacks crushing College World Series playoff loss. A man just two weeks away from his second and final wedding, sporting a mohawk, lucky in love, Mr. Colin Wilson, my brother. Thank you for having me on, guys. Trust me, I know having bad sports teams break your heart is a lifelong Razorback fan and alumni and a lifelong Royals fan. Uh, the only time I've cried in my entire life, my entire life, when my two sons were born and when Madison Bumgarner came out of the bullpen of the 2014 World Series and shut the Royals down in game seven. So I know what it's like to be deflated. And yes, I am getting married after being single for the last 10 years. Uh, I am once again throwing myself into the world, the biggest gamble a man could ever make. Not even throwing money over the counter. You're throwing money over a different counter. The biggest gamble you could ever make. Dude, let me tell you something. You know I love love, so I'm super all in on you getting married. Number two, completely agree with you. Getting married is the biggest risk you can take. The biggest gamble you can take is getting married because that is a life-defining, life-changing moment where every single second of your day can be determined by your partner. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, uh, and you have to, I mean, you think trying to hedge a Sixers game, trying to get both sides of a total or a side is like for three hours, you're sweating that. Every day you wake up, you're trying to get both sides of of, of the ticket with your wife. Right. I mean, between the food and the kids and the lawn and the to do's and you got your job and you're always hedging a ticket every day you wake up in a marriage. I can't wait. Love it. Well, that that bodes well for Simon. And uh, I assume Monica's not dating anyone. I don't know who date that guy. But uh, uh, also the only two times I've ever cried. The movies Meet Joe Black and Titanic. I found those performances in both movies to be, you know, emotional. It's a beautiful movie. But he was, Brad right? Pitt is a beautiful, beautiful man. Here we go. <laughs> we have to give it to Brad Pitt because Benjamin Button almost did the same thing to me. He's an amazing actor. He deserves the Oscar that he's gotten. He deserves From Springfield, Missouri. From Kickapoo High School. Great, great state. Missouri. Here's how today's game is played. You'll answer two kinds of questions. Traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, and the world at large. Also, completely subjective and totally asinine, open-ended questions or prompts that I alone will judge. 
since you've both been on the show, you now know that I will most definitely favor Mr. Simon Hunter. To accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly and also convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than the responses from your opponents. Let's begin. Part one. I love this. I love this theme right here. Today is a special day for sports fans across Western New York, the ancestral home region of our producer, Matt Mitchell. That is because Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, savior of Bills football, will be throwing out the first pitch at the Toronto Blue Jays game tonight, which will be played in downtown Buffalo, thanks to the Jays' ongoing pandemic Canadian travel restrictions. Buffalo is the largest city in a regional utopia, famous the world over not only for its handsome but relatable natives, but also for its enormous cultural impacts. Let's discuss a few. Simon, one of Western New York's most enduring cultural contributions is this well-known dessert brand. Born in Leroy, New York in 1897, its original five flavors were strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, and lime. And brand spokespeople have included Jack Benny, Lucille Ball, and most famously, Philadelphia native Bill Cosby. What is this well-known dessert brand? I have no clue. Does it put you to sleep, though? Oh, dude. Uh, you don't hear too many Bill Cosby jokes anymore, so I had to make one, you know? All you hear is Bill Cosby jokes. It's like he's gone from being the best at punchlines to the ultimate punchline. And I think you did a pretty good job on that one. The answer is Jello. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, I, so I, I was thinking it was going to be something like I was going to see like Three Musketeers or something, something weird. Chad, this goes back to age. Anybody that is around our age had the Puddin' Pop commercials in the late 80s and the early 90s. Everybody yes. Was, yeah. I mean, when I was reading this, this, this question, Colin, I was thinking, you got to get the Puddin' Pops. Yeah. <laughs> Jello Pudding Pops. Jello Pudding Pops. Frozen pudding on a stick. Yeah! And it always gets the green light from mom because it's made with real pudding. Mm. Alex, few people know Rochester, New York is the home of an NBA champion, but it's true. The Rochester Royals won the 1951 title before the franchise moved to Cincinnati and then Kansas City and then finally this, California City, where they've played since 1985 with very little success. I'll go with uh, Sacramento. Sacramento's correct. You did it right, buddy. Colin, Buffalo, New York was the first U.S. city to widely use streetlights, earning the nickname the City of Light, thanks almost exclusively to this nearby landmark. Well, I would say Saloon Field, where the Toronto Blue Jays play their AAA games, but I'm not going to go there because I'm all obsessed with Park Factors and Vlogro Jr. hitting home runs. I'll go with Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls! Colin... You're an amazing contestant. I kind of think I might want you to win. <laughs> no, you're Chad. Remember, you're the Pac-12 referee. This is going to Simon. Oh, that's true. Well, <laughs> it always goes to Simon until Simon decides to go all in on the last question and gets it wrong. And there's nothing right. I can do. Part one prompt. Are you guys ready? In the recorded history of Niagara Falls, only five people have survived an unassisted swim over the falls and the resulting 167 foot plunge. If you had to bet on any living athlete to survive a swim over Niagara Falls, who would you choose and why? Simon, you're up first. 
I mean, there's only one answer. Ray Lewis. Every time he hits someone, it's like surviving a car crash, supposedly. So if there's anyone that can survive the impact of hitting the Niagara Falls, it's going to be Ray Lewis. This man literally lives for impact. That's all he wants is impact. So give me Ray Lewis. That man does not break. And here I thought when you said Ray Lewis, you were going to make some kind of murder joke. And then you were going to do it in the mayor of Easttown accent. Murder, murder. I need some murder. I, I'd be careful what you say, Chad. He's got addresses. He'll find you. Colin. Let's go ahead and review and think about people that have actually jumped off of Niagara Falls because, you know, it was in Superman 2. Lois Lane jumped over. She wanted to prove that Superman was Clark Kent was Superman and he turned into he jumped in himself. Whatever. I try to think of like an athlete, like who's strong enough, who's fast enough, who could swim out. But why am I overthinking this? The only people that have ever survived this, I mean, almost everybody dies. The people that have survived this went over in an oak cask. First was in 1901. Uh, it was a lady named Annie Edson Taylor in 1901. Went over in an oak cask, came out with no injuries, a little bit of bleeding, but no injuries whatsoever. So what famous athlete knows an oak cask? Well, I want to go with Matthew McConaughey because he loves wild turkey and he's supporting that brand like crazy, but he doesn't play any sports. He just shows up at Texas Longhorn Games and does his little fingers. So I got to go with David Beckham. David Beckham owns Hag Club, that is the official whiskey of Inter-Miami and Major League Soccer. David Beckham is your answer. I love your logic. Why wouldn't you go with Conor McGregor? He doesn't actually, I, I think he's just a spokesman. I've actually seen pictures of David Beckham next to these casks. He knows his way around the barrel a lot longer than Conor McGregor does. I like your theory. I would also think that maybe going with the Oaken theme, I would go with uh, Anthony Thompson the greatest running back in the history of Indiana University who uh, play for the old Oaken bucket against Purdue every single year. Alex, your answer. I don't know how you top that, that, that backing by he Colin just wrote an essay with backup sources. I actually am going the complete Costanza opposite. I read a story about how LeBron James saved Carmelo Anthony from a current on the banana boat, famous vacation said to myself, under crisis, this man, the chosen one, who I'm going to say, look, if he takes the fall and he gets hurt, he could be just doing it for the ref's whistle. I'm going to take LeBron James under all adversity to land the plunge and save himself, whether he hurts himself or he's faking. Wow, that's pretty interesting, too. <laughs> that's an absurd rationale, but hey. I'm going to go with Colin. Because I feel like the Oaken bucket, the Oaken cask, the thinking about the next level of research and data here puts him over the top, which is not unlike how Colin lives his life. So Colin wins the prompt. Yes. On to part two, the reality of sports. My co-host and my best friend, Simon Hunter, is both a big sports fan and a seasoned veteran in the world of reality TV. So now is the perfect time to discuss the illustrious intersection of famous athletes and reality television. Simon, arguably the best rebounding forward in NBA history, this 2011 basketball Hall of Famer was also an early reality TV star. He had his own MTV reality talk show in 1996, won the grand prize on ABC's The Mole in 2004, and appeared on Celebrity Big Brother, Celebrity Apprentice, and more. Who is this reality TV star, basketball hall of famer, amazing rebounder? Worm. You nailed it. Dennis Rodman. 
And before we move on, I was just going to say, I'm starting to realize here that I'm like the Aaron Rodgers of like the NFC and Colin is the Tom Brady. He comes here just for one season. He wins the show. I've been here for <laughs> months. I've only won once and he's already just steamrolling me. I, I can't take it, man. Colin, you're way too good at this, dude. It's, Simon, it's, it's supposed to be in my off season. I'm supposed to be getting some hibernation <laughs> sleep before college football starts. But, you know, here we are. We got You know what, Simon? I would give you an extra half point for that. Thank you. Alex, although he's a Canadian who played quarterback for the University of Florida and the New York Giants, his current ESPN college football analyst is still best known for being The Bachelor on season five of The Bachelor back in 2004. I, I don't know if I'm embarrassed to get this correct or, or not. I'm going to go with uh, Jesse Palmer. Yeah, you should be proud. You're 100% right. That's exactly <laughs> what you should feel. You nailed it. Let's go. Two for two. We came back with a vengeance. Colin, finishing fourth place on Celebrity Apprentice in 2008 was certainly not the career highlight for this British boxer who defeated both Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson and who remains the last undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. He's called Riddick Bow, Chicken Bow. You're a chicken bow. It's Lennox Lewis, right? A hundred percent. I feel like Colin wins this because he and I are the, you know, not the same age, but close to it. And also I will say that, uh, I'm looking behind me on my credentials here because I do have a credential from the first Holyfield Lewis fight. Wow. uh, That was at Madison Square Garden that I went to. Probably it is a top five sporting event for me in my life. So incredibly exciting and energizing. So much enthusiasm. There is nothing like a heavyweight title fight uh, at MSG. It's different than a, than a football game or even a basketball game because the amount of space in which the concentration can be focused is just so much smaller. And then the, the celebrity wattage and the scenery around the ring is amazing. I remember after the fight, it ended. I lived on 57th Street between Lexington and 3rd. The fight was at MSG, probably a 35-minute walk, 25, 35-minute walk to my apartment. Got home late, was still so amped. I stayed up all night and the movie that was on HBO at the time, you don't have, you know, you don't have your choices. You just watch what's on. was uh, White Men Can't Jump. And I stayed up till like three o'clock in the morning watching it because I was still so amped. Loved it. All right. Here is your prompt for part two, fellas. Imagine you can create a new reality television show from scratch and command any living athlete or athletes to participate. Describe your reality show concept and who you would choose as your stars. Colin, you're first. Yeah, I don't care if I win the point on Thunderdome. I'm heading to executives with TV to pitch this idea that I've actually had for quite a while. The biggest problem with college football is the transfer portal. We need a reality TV called the Transfer Portal House, which would be the entire Tennessee team right now. The The second you enter the transfer portal, you show up to this house, with your suitcases. Now, a little background on myself. When I started at Arkansas, we were under investigation by the NCAA. They made the they made the athletic dorm be 51% engineering students and 49% athletes. So I know what it's like living three years with the college basketball team and the college football team, and it would just be TV gold. So here's how it works. Here's the rules. We build a house similar to Hogwarts from Harry Potter right? Everybody gets their own wing. It depends on what conference that you come from. So like SEC, you get the penthouse floor. Maction, you're in the basement and you can only come up to the dining hall on Tuesdays. Pac-12, they sleep in hammocks out on the lawn. 
And the Big Ten just runs around the house and demands respect as the resident director, but nobody invites them to the Sun Belt's parties. So yes, the transfer portal house. Oh my God, that is an amazing idea. Alex, how are you going to top that? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to top it with a little comedic undertone here and, and hope you bite, Chad. I'm going to go with uh, what what I like to call waking up with the Jenners. This is a house full of all Kendall Jenner NBA X's. I have a starting five and a six man for you if you'd like to hear. And it's basically these guys who all, quite frankly, outside of maybe Devin Booker, absolutely need to work on their game. So they will live in a house and they will not get to take out Kendall or even get any FaceTime. You can go a little 40 year old virgin speed dating if you want some sort of series of you need to work on your Ben Simmons jumper or you're not going on a date with Kendall. And I call waking up with the Jenners. Who are the players in that house? It would be D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Kuzma, Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Blake Griffin and Jordan Clarks. And that's just from one article. This is a brilliant idea. <laughs> I can't believe it. Is. Simon, I want you to win so badly. <laughs> the idea of Monaco winning this round does not do any of us any good, but it's a really good answer. I'm going to go overseas. I was thinking what has the most drama of all sports, and it's definitely European soccer. Americans don't really care about it, but it's literally never-ending. Teammates sleeping with wives, sleeping with players who are married but have girlfriends and these other players sleeping with their girlfriends and it's just like pure madness which when i worked in tv that's every night we just want drama like literally we would wake up and we would say when are we going to do tonight and we say who cares let's just give them alcohol and see where the night takes us because all we want is drama so (laughs) when i think of just the premier league um I guess Pulsic would be the best one because he's American. I mean, he would probably be the star for now, but he's, he's kind of a lame duck. So I don't know if he'd be great, but I feel like the, we would find the drama in the Premier League. I would just go with some type of soccer club because it's just never ending drama. This is tough. I'll be honest. You, you nail it with European soccer. I think the audience for European soccer would be big. And I think you're nailing it with the off pitch off-field ideas that it's about their lives outside of that. Whereas Monaco comes with a really good idea, tapping into the heartbeat of reality television, the the white hot universe, center of the universe on reality television. But what he has them doing isn't as interesting. And so (laughs) that, I feel like at the end of the day, if we can get teams from European soccer or players from European soccer to buy in, there will be more drama with that than with Monaco. Monaco, great effort. Love the idea. Hey, what about Colin? He's, that's a borderline ESPN U show. At the end of the day, if I'm getting Euro soccer, I'm getting a lot of high drama with uh, temperamental and tempestuous personalities who won't drink soda. Give me that any day of the week. Simon, you have one. Here is our current score. Colin, you have three. Alex. You have two. Simon, you have two. Here we go to part three. Continental. Shift. What's the live load of live odds right now, Chad? What, can I take uh, Colin at plus plus money right now? You can't no, take Colin's like minus, minus a thousand. Colin is like, there's no value in Colin right now. <laughs> he is so far and away the clubhouse leader on this. Particular 2015 Warriors event. is what he is right Basically. now. Basically. <laughs> uh, the gambling here is continental shifts. Speaking of soccer. 
The gambling world has been enjoying Euro 2020, the international soccer tournament that runs through much of the summer. There have already been a few big upsets and American gamblers have found themselves suddenly, literally and figuratively invested in, a, in, invested in a diverse array of countries. I will now ask you each two questions about a Euro 2020 underdog nation. Colin, let's talk Slovakia, who defeated Poland as plus 400 underdogs on Monday. And the beautiful capital of Slovakia is Bratislava, located on the banks of the Danube River. It's only an hour's drive from Vienna and is the only capital city in the world to border two of these. It borders two of these. It borders two countries. Yes, different countries, Austria and Hungary. Colin, to many Americans, the most famous Slovakian athlete of all time may be Peter Bondra, who spent 14 seasons with this DC area sports team. Uh, boy, it's gonna. I mean, let's see. I could. I'm old, so it could be the Bullets. We'll go with uh, the Capitals. The Washington Capitals. Very nice, Alex. The Czech Republic scored a hard-fought victory versus Scotland earlier this week after the Czechs opened at 150 to one to claim the Euro 2020 title. Also involved in a hard-fought battle are two beer companies, one American and one Czech who've been in a legal dispute since 1907 over the trademark of this incredibly famous beer. Budweiser? Budweiser. Anheuser-Busch, yeah. The Czech Republic has more of these old buildings, so the answer is these old buildings, than anywhere in Europe, although the aforementioned Slovakia has the most per capita. The word can also be used as a verb, Describing a move in chess. I would also describe it as more of these old domiciles. I I don't even, I don't even have an educated guess. It's castles. It's castles. Oh Uh, gosh, dang it. I got to, I'm going to go on a long walk now. That is too easy. You should get a haircut. Simon, in (laughs) global surveys ranking general citizen happiness, Finland commonly scores the highest in the world. So there is little doubt Finns were delirious after their soccer team defeated nearby Denmark as plus 1,000 underdogs in their opening game last week. But more surprising is that Finland also leads the world in the consumption of this globally beloved non-alcoholic beverage, consuming nearly three times more per capita than America. Coca-Cola? Coffee. Coffee. We were looking for coffee. Simon. The total population of Finland is about five and a half million people, which is less than the metro population of this southern U.S. city, which has hosted an MLB, NBA, and NFL franchise for over 50 years and has just one championship to show for it. Atlanta. Yes. Needed that one. Here's your prompt. Imagine you made a huge bet on a Euro 2020 underdog. You must move to that country and remain there until, against all odds, that team wins the trophy in mid-July. If your goal was to have the most fun imaginable, what team would you select and how would you join in their unlikely celebration? Colin, you're up first. Well, nobody needs to hear this, but I traveled for 15 years around the world, so I know almost all the countries on this list. So I did a little 
a little thinking and, uh, you know, I just know on the Ukraine front, okay, I'm getting married. I don't need to go to Ukraine. It's a great option for people on the dating market, <coughs> Simon, right? So as for Wales, I once got drunk with the Queen of England's second cousin in a village outside of Pontypool. It's a great story, <laughs> uh, but there's just too many sheep in the road. So I'm not, I'm not going back there ever again. I adore Scotland. I adore golfing in the rain and how you can blast your driver and it's still in the fairway. But if you go for a week on a diet of haggis and scotch, your intestines turn into a fiery mudslide. So that's out too. And sex is not allowed in the dark in Budapest, Hungary. So that's absolutely out. And in Switzerland, you can't flush the toilet after 10 p.m. True, it's illegal. It's against the law. Denmark is where I, it, it kind of got interesting because... You know, my my new wife, she's in this whole baby mode, but we're way past having babies. We can't have babies. And in Denmark, if you find a child abandoned and you can't find their parents after two hours, that's your child. So if I go to Denmark, I, I don't know how many kids I'm going to have. And that's a problem because I actually wanted to be in Denmark for one reason. It, it, it's, it's not against the law to escape from prison. I, I'm serious. I'm not lying about this. You can escape from prison in Denmark with no repercussions whatsoever. It's a, uh, shocking. So I think just to go there so that my new wife can be happy by finding all these abandoned kids and making them our children and me escaping prison as many times as possible just for fun, I'm going to Denmark. Also, <laughs> our new owners, Better Collective, they are based in Denmark. So you could have, you could be at the corporate office every day. Yeah, I'll tell them I'll be right back. I'm just going to, I'm going to Andy Dufresne myself, tunnel out of this cell. If you uh, can escape <laughs> from prison, you can be in the office every day. Oh my God, that's such a good answer. It's going to be impossible for Alex and Simon to top this, but Alex, you can try. The only thing I can counter with is going to the happiest country in the world, at least at the polling polls. And I'm going, I'm taking my polls and I'm going to Finland and I am literally having a ball. They are known. I'll give a little call. In fact, they have 3000 saunas, saunas. I don't know why a lot of Spitzen going on, I guess, but they have a Santa Claus village. They're also known for reindeer. So you can find me as Finland already tops the boys, Denmark. I'll, I'll go ahead and take a little sauna, a little chilling with Rudolph a little bud heavy with Santa Claus and I'll wait for Finland to catch the Euro W celebrating with Finland. I get it. I get it. Uh, doing a sauna. Colin would celebrate with the uh, team from Denmark and adopt babies and escape from jail, uh, which many of them might be doing if they were to win the euros. Simon, <laughs> I know, Guys, what Simon's how, how I, know what's, I know exactly what Simon's doing. No, you have no idea. Chad, oh. you you're all into class and love. Those yeah. are two things I think of Chad. I think of class and love. Exactly. France, the language of love. And it's one of the classiest places in the world. So How are we not going to be chilling in south of France? I, I don't know what these guys are doing right now, but it was just sitting there. So I'm taking it south of France. Give me France every day. So and that, I get to go with you. I get to go with you. Oh, you're coming, Chad. Dude. And your wife. No kids, though. No kids. Simon, you 100% win this prompt. You know exactly <laughs> what to say to the dog. If we could make it to Ibiza in the next two weeks before my wedding, I'd like to join that, too. <laughs> At the end of the day, he said, I'm classy and I love love. And if that's what he's gotten from me in these past couple of years, I'm totally good with that. All right. Here's the current score. Colin Wilson, you have five. Alex Monaco, you have three. Simon Hunter, you have four. The topic for the final, for the grand finale, famous commercials. 
How much would you like to risk? Please close your eyes. Hold up your fingers with your wager amount. Budweiser is the most advertised beer brand in America, boasting a massive domestic advertising budget that, of course, includes annual Super Bowl commercials. In 2003, Budweiser released one of their most popular Super Bowl commercials of all time entitled Referee. This commercial featured their iconic Clydesdale horses playing a game of football that becomes interrupted by an instant replay review. Appropriately enough, in the commercial, this replay review was conducted by a referee from the animal kingdom portrayed by a well-known African animal. Who was the animal to play the referee in this commercial? Here comes the king, here comes the big number one. But wiser beard, the king is second to none. Just say, but wiser, you've said it all. Here comes the king of beer, so lift your glass, let's hear the when call. You say, but, but wiser beer's the one that's leading the rest. When you say, but. And bitch, what a ding makes it beer at its best. When you say, but. One taste will tell you, so loud and clear. There's only one but wiser beer. There's only one but wiser beer. Alex, you, you have three points. You risked three points give me your answer uh, i missed listening to the question but it's too late i said horses God! dude i don't even know what to say to that damn it you have zero points now alex monaco simon you have uh four points you risked four points no shock there what is your answer it's zebra right zebra a hundred percent zebra Here we go. simon <laughs> you now have eight points Colin, you have five points. Here's the thing. He only risked three points, which means we are potentially headed for a playoff if Colin got the right answer. Colin? I answered chimp. Wow. Oh, my God. Massive. This is a Hawks-like upset. Always bet the dogs, Chad. Always bet the dogs. Come from behind victory two weeks in a row for our reigning champion, my best friend, the guy I'm tilting the game for anyways, Mr. Simon Hunter. Before we get to Simon to gloat, Colin, I would like to hear a little bit about how you're feeling right now. I feel like the Arkansas Razorbacks. I came in as the number one seed. I didn't lose one weekend series. I am 17-4 against everybody that's in Omaha right now, and I just lost, so I'm a little embarrassed. I think you should be embarrassed. I think not getting that last answer, you're probably, in many ways, the smartest person at the Action Network. And the fact that you knew so much about every single thing we talked about today and then went with Chimp instead of Zebra. Yeah. All right, before we sign off, here's a word from our fearless leader, Action Network CEO, Patrick Keene. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. My thanks to our guests, Alex Monaco, Colin Wilson, and our champion, Simon Hunter, As a reminder, the volume is now on YouTube. We've got new clips from all the network's shows. Subscribe to the volume's YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash the volume. Don't forget, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and download and listen on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The Favorites. 
Love you.